What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spurscast, episode 637. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurscast. I'll be going solo in this episode being recorded on a Saturday morning. In this episode, I'll look back at the Spurs' last four games, how the team is doing overall through 12 games, and Derek White's struggles on the offensive end. Let's jump right into this episode. All right, so it's been a while, I know, uh, since I was able to last record a Spurs cast. Um, so let's go ahead and go through how the team has performed lately. Uh, so it's been it's been four games since I last recorded. So the Spurs went 2-2, two and two, so 500 in their last uh, four games. Let's go back to last Friday, so it's been a while here. So let's go back to Orlando. The Spurs are on the road. They pick up a win against the Magic by 13 points. Um, the Spurs were favored in this game by 3.5, and, and this is a pretty comfortable win for the team. They built a lead of 16 points, and, and they, held, they, they, they held on to that lead. Then on Sunday, two days later, the Spurs, um, you know, suffered a pretty bad loss here against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It, the game was on the road in Oklahoma City. The Spurs did lose by five, a close game. But the reason why I say this is a bad loss is because, number one, San Antonio was favored by three and a half. But then, number two, they had a 16-point lead on the Thunder at one point in this game. So, again, they, they, they let go of another big lead. This happened um, just a few weeks ago against Dallas where they lost, they lost a 20-point lead against the Mavs. And so um, this, the Spurs did lose this game, a close one, and they, they fell to one and six in crunch time. So, so you know, as, as John Diaz and I had recorded um, uh, nine days ago, the uh, the crunch time numbers haven't been good for this team, and we continue to see that that struggle there uh, in OKC with that loss. Then on Wednesday this past week, uh, the Spurs did pick up a nice, um, comfortable win. They they beat they defeated the Sacramento Kings in San Antonio by 19 points. So it was their second uh, biggest blowout, of, uh, um, you know, win of the season behind that first opening night game against Orlando. Uh, the Spurs were favored by one in this game, but you know this is a very comfortable win for the team. Like I said, they led by as many as 25 points, and so they just had their way um, against the Kings there in that game on Wednesday. And then Friday comes, and the Spurs, uh, you know, they drop to 0-3 against the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas comes to town against San Antonio. I know that they've played each other a lot lately, these two teams. And this, the, the Mavs, you know, on paper, yes, it looks like a 14-point win for the Mavs, but it was really a blowout. We kind of saw that. And the Spurs did drop to 0-3 against Dallas. Um, the, the Mavs were favored by 2.5 this season. I mean, by 2.5 in, in this game, should I say. And the Spurs trailed by 27, which is, which is more than Indiana 
had um, had led against San Antonio. And we know that Indiana was that one game where the Spurs really struggled. And they kind of just got, got blown out here by Dallas. And Dallas did a great job, um, you know, taking advantage of the Spurs' lack of size with Jakob Perto out, with having Chris Depp's Porzingis back. They really um, fed Porzingis down low in the paint. He had 16 of his points there. Uh, and then on the defensive end, with um, Porzingis back, you know, he, he provided a lot of length. And the Mavs basically dared the Spurs to shoot from three and from mid-range. And, and they took away the paint as much as they could. And so the Spurs really struggled to get baskets inside the paint. And, and you do see more so that, that loss of Pirtle where even Coach Pop admitted it. Yes, like in games like against Dallas, it really shows when the Spurs are, are lacking that size. And then not only that, they're missing another um, you know big man in, in, in Jock Landale, uh, who is also out due to health and safety protocols. So all they're relying on is Drew Eubanks and Thad Young there to, to, to man the five right now uh, for this part of this for this early stretch of the season with Pirtle out. Um, and then one thing that the players did say, a lot of the players, you know, yes, there was that size advantage for Dallas, but the players were saying more so, uh, and specifically uh, Devin Vassell um, said this, was that, um, you know, basically the, the, the Spurs get too, um, they get they, they get too content after a win. So they were so like, you know, they were on a high after defeating the Kings by 19 points. And then basically they said they didn't bring that energy and that focus and, and that lockdown mentality to the game against the Mavs. And, um, and basically Dallas took advantage of that and really just came out, uh, came out you know, blazing and, and took, took the lead big time early on. And then they ended up holding on to that lead. So um, now the Spurs, uh, you know, basically it wasn't too bad of a, of a four games. They should have been three and one if we go by their Vegas, um, you know, options in terms of what Vegas projected them to be. And instead they, they went two and two. So again, two and two is not too, too bad for uh, going for, for the last four games. Overall, they are four and eight on the season through 12 games. Uh, they're 13th out west, so they're basically right there within that playing game. They're just two spots away from that that, that nine ten seed area. And then, um, you know, they're, they're gonna they're, right now. They're looking like a team who's gonna be, um, you know, not the worst in the West uh, in terms of, um, you know, we're looking at the lottery and stuff because you know Houston and New Orleans are whew, they're really struggling. They only have one win each as I record this again, like on a Saturday morning. So they're gonna be more so in that competitive area uh, in the West of trying to get into that playing range so far from what we see through uh, twelve games of the season. Uh, some updates on the team. We do know that Jakob Pertl is still out in the health and safety protocols. And uh, Coach Pop did say before the Mavs game on Friday that there is a he thinks it's a 50-50 chance uh, Pertl joins the Spurs on their upcoming road trip, which begins Sunday against the Lakers. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Jock Landale was also out. He's also in health and safety protocols. And then uh, K-Debate's job has kind of been on the um, questionable list. Uh, he, he hurt his back in one of the games earlier this week. And so he, he's missed two games in a row now with a lower back injury. But he's like I said, he, he was questionable in each of those games. So so, so it doesn't look like it's um, you know, like a major injury for Kato Bates' job. So topic two, let's go ahead and discuss the Spurs now through 12 games, how they're doing. Um, that, that loss against Dallas, while, yes, it was a, a bad loss for San Antonio, it helped them in their numbers offensively. They moved up to 14th. They, they were kind of hovering around 17th, 19th for most of the week. So they're scoring 1.073 points per possession. Where are they top 10? Still all the areas that we've talked about here on the Spurs cast through each week. Uh, fast break scoring their eighth. Turnover percentage, they're now number one in taking care of the ball. Pace, they're sixth. Um, assist percentage, really good here. Um, second still, they're getting thirty. They're they're getting a lot of games with thirty assists, and they're basically second to only the Warriors, which one of the best. Um, you know, which are basically the best passing team in the NBA. So the Spurs are continuing to move the ball. Um, you know, still a very concerning sign is that they're number one in attempts in the non-restricted area, which is that floater range. And like like John and I discussed last week, that's not a good area to be number one in because that's a very um you know uh, low accurate shot to have. Nobody shoots over fifty percent from that range. It's it's a tough thing to do for a team. And so if, so basically, teams are making you not get to the closest point of the rim, but you're kind of getting in that area where, where you don't want to be and where teams are, are glad for you to be taking shots. There, but for now though, they they are the, the the number one team in accuracy from that floater range from that non-restricted area. So, so they're shooting, I think it's like about 48% from when I last looked. 
They're number one in points in the paint scoring still um, to, to hold that to hold that advantage. And that was something that Dallas did take away from them. They only scored a 46 points in the paint against the Mavs. They normally average about 54. Uh, and so, so that's something that, again, teams are going to try to take away from San Antonio is that they don't want them to score in the paint. They know that's their one big advantage. And if they can't score in the paint, well, then they struggle from the outside with their jumpers. Uh, in mid-range attempts, they're six still. Um, three-point accuracy, they made an improvement here the last few games. They moved up to the top ten at their eighth. But the problem is while they're shooting the three well, they don't take any attempts, which I'll get to when I get to their bottom ten analysis. And then wide-open three-point percentage, they're actually, uh, they've actually they improved there as well. They're now eighth in accuracy from the wide-open three. Now, where are they struggling on, on, on offense? Again, these are the only the bottom ten stats here. Uh, free throw rate, like we've talked about, you know, this is going to be an issue for the team probably the entire season, is they, they don't get to the free throw line. Um, 27th in free throw rate. Uh, three-point attempts now they've fallen back to 29th so again while they're making this progress of actually making the threes now they're just not they're, they're still not attempting a lot of them and that's just something that they don't want to do uh, uh, it's just something that you know they really only rely on four players to be their, their heavy volume shooters that's Lonnie Walker the fourth that's um uh, Bryn Forbes, Doug McDermott, and then Devin Vassell. So, so you know, aside from those four players, a lot of the other players on the team don't really want to shoot the three unless they have to. Uh, a lot of them want to attack and try to get inside or maybe get that mid range jumper. And then um, wide open threes again. They're not just they're just not generating wide open threes. So they're they're twenty seventh there. So again, the three point accuracy is at least improved. But now the problem is they got to actually take the threes and, and try to keep up because that's that's one of the biggest issues for this team. When we look at where they're winning and losing games, they're winning the two pointers, the, the paint and the and the mid range by eighty two points. But they're losing the three-point line by 66 points. And then the free throw line's not too concerning. They're only losing it by seven points, considering that they don't take that many free throws themselves. Uh, let's go to defense. Now, you know, the defense looked good for this week, but it kind of just depends on when you're listening to this episode or what I recorded, should I say. So, you know, throughout the week, they were a top 10 defense. They were like eighth one night. They were 10th one day. But then this Dallas loss, when they let the Mavs score over 120 points, this really set them back defensively. So now it doesn't look too good. Basically, they look like a league average defense, according to these numbers, um, as I record this on Saturday morning. They're now 15th on defense, allowing 1.066 points per possession. Where are they top 10? A lot of the same areas that we discussed. Uh, here in the Spurs cast, they're 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 really good at not putting their opponent on the free throw line. They're third in free th- opponent free throw rate. They're good about not letting teams get in transition, so they're seventh there in opponent fast break points. They're they're good at turning teams over, making them um, you know forcing turnovers. They're tenth in opponent turnover percentage, but that used to be fifth again because Dallas really took care of the ball, and the Spurs just didn't bring that aggressiveness, that tenacity, that 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 active de- defense that they've shown all year. And even Coach Pop mentioned that that he was disappointed that the team only had like I think he said one forced turnover in the first half. And so that was something where the Dallas, this number could have been better 10th. And instead, it's, uh, it was, it was, like I said, it was like, it was like fifth earlier in the week. Uh, steals, they dropped down to ninth, um, again, because they weren't able to get that many steals. They had a season low three steals against Dallas. But overall, they're a good team enforcing steals. Uh, or creating still, should I say. Uh, they're ninth in blocks, so again, a very active team. Uh, and then points off turnovers, they're ninth still, so they're a top 10 there. And then um, opponent restricted area accuracy, ninth. So, so this one's interesting. So Last year, they were actually really good at terms of um, uh, opponent accuracy there at the, in the restricted area, which is the closest area to the rim. But you know, even though yes, they were a top ten team there, it's it's tough because that's the closest area to the basket. That's the most efficient area you can be on the court. And so, if you're, if you're still letting teams get in that area, they're going to have good nights against you. And I think that's kind of where we see why the Spurs have, have a pretty bad um, uh, opponent um, effective field goal percentage. Because even though yes, they're taking away some of the threes and some of the other shots, the fact that opponents are getting such an efficient shot there at the rim uh, is is tough for the San Antonio defense. And it, obviously, it doesn't help with Jakob Pertl being out. Now let's look at where they're struggling on defense. Um, their bottom ten areas. Um, 
Opponent restricted areas attempts at the, uh, um, at the rim. So, that, again, this is what I mentioned. Teams are still getting to, close to the rim and getting a lot of shots there. The, the, the Spurs are 27th in terms of, in t- in terms of t- trying to limit teams. And this is even happening with Pirtle. So this isn't something that it's, – it's probably just more so a product of the Spurs playing small lineups. They're always having you know a lot of um, f- um, you know more wing players, uh, four, four guards and wings, and then one, one main big man. So because of that, 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 that change in philosophy, they're going to continue to get attacked um, there closest to the rim. Uh, I think even when, when Pirtle gets back obviously Pirtle will be better in terms of deflecting and and helping to stop a lot of that that penetration uh inside the lane uh they're they're not so te- like you, you can see this is also evident how teams are getting closer to the rim because of when we look at the spurs i mean you know, how, how many of their op- opponents um shots are coming from that floater range that very um, um inefficient range they're not they're not forcing a lot of shots there they're 21st in terms of for- forcing shots there uh they're 29th in accuracy from the f- uh, floater range for opponents so opponents are when they do take those bad shots those those um non-restricted areas shots they're making those very well uh, and then um you know teams are scoring just so you know while the spurs are scoring in the paint they're number one they're 28th in terms of letting teams score in the paint so basically they're not making a huge advantage there yes they're scoring a lot but then their opponents are also scoring a lot in the paint so they're kind of it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like almost canceling itself out when we talk about the points in the paint battle and then um opponent mid-range attempts very similar story here where the spurs just teams are basically getting to the three-point line or into the closest area to the rim because again the spurs aren't, aren't forcing them to, to stop back and take um, bad shots which are the mid-range shots they're 26 in terms of making teams take uh, mid-range attempts and then when teams do take the mid-rangers and that's not a lot but when they do they're actually making them pretty well they're at spurs at 27th in mid-range accuracy so again those are the areas um where they're top 10 on offense and top 10 on defense and and obviously like i said some some of the stuff a lot of these numbers did get um changed because of that that bad loss to dallas where they lost by 14 and that really um impacted their defensive numbers the NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However, they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play the huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in top prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win a 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. Our last topic of this episode, um, I do want to talk about uh, one player in, in particular, and this is a player who I've seen mentioned on Twitter. Um, you know, uh, and then I've, I even got this question on, on Twitter if I could discuss this topic. Uh, and this is uh, and this player, should I say? And this is Derek White. Um, you know, what's up with Derek White? Obviously, he's he's the one player who kind of sticks out in terms of struggling, especially mostly on the offensive end, where we kind of see where he's really struggling. So let's kind of uh, look at Derek White. Um, you know, first overall, and then also you know specifically these last these last few few games where he's been struggling. Um, so overall for the season, he's averaging. 10.8 I mean 10 point, 10.8 points per game on 10.3 shots 
Uh, he's taking four and a half three-point attempts uh, each game. He's shooting 32% um, from the three-point, so we do know that he is struggling with his outside shot. He's, uh, he's, he doesn't get to the line that much, so just 2.1 free throw attempts. So that's basically um, you know one time a game he gets to the line. Uh, he, he's doing pretty well in, in assists, uh, 5.6 assists, which is second, I think, to, to only Murray on the team. And then uh, 1.6 turnovers in 30.9 minutes, and he does play the he has played the second most minutes behind Dejounte Murray. So again, while he is struggling, and we see that Coach Pop still has confidence because he's keeping him out there on the floor. He wants him out on the floor at all times, basically alongside Murray. Um, and, and, and now let's go to his individual games in these last three games where he's really struggling. Um, in the last three games, uh, first let's go back to OKC. He had zero points on that night. He went, he went. I think he went 0 of 10 uh, on the road against OKC. Then, then when the Spurs got a good win against Sacramento, he really um, struggled there st- still. He only had two points against the Kings. And then uh, in this last loss against Dallas, he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't take that many shots, but he did. He scored five points against Dallas. So again, he hasn't been in double figures in a while now. And we combine all of his last three games. He's now shooting three of 21 um, from the floor in those last three games so let's talk about where do his shots come from and maybe what needs to kind of change for him and where, where, where does he need to be a little bit more aggressive and where does he need to maybe step back on some, a few of these different shots so we do know that most of white shots come from the, the three-point line 44 percent of his shots come from three from there it's 25 percent of his shots come in the restricted area which is the closest area to the rim and he's shooting well there he's actually making 65 percent of his shots at the rim so so you know he he gets again he gets 25 percent of his shots come there from that area but um, he's shooting well from that area. Here's a here's a very uh, a big problem for him. 24% of his shots are coming from the floater range, which is, again, that non-restricted area in the paint that's not the closest area to the basket. And he's only shooting 27% from there. So, again... That's an area I think that maybe he needs to look at, 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 at taking out of his out of his out of his shooting arsenal a little bit is is trying to either attack directly at the rim and trying to get as close as he can because he's he's shooting well there the numbers say you know keep taking your, your shots closer to the rim but but not you know not maybe passing or else doing something with the ball because when he's taking those those non restricted area floaters that's where he's really struggling right now twenty seven percent accuracy and not just him but a lot of players struggle from that area that's just not a good efficient shot to be taking those those floater range type of shots and then. Um, he's not shooting well in the mid-range. He's shooting 22% uh, from mid-range, but he doesn't take that many mid-range attempts. He only takes 7% of his shots from the mid-range. So, again, that's not too, too concerning because he's not a player who, who relies on the mid-range. Um, there is some hope, though, for his shot to eventually bounce back. Um, and where do we see this? We see this in the wide-open threes data. So, while he has been struggling, he's actually still shooting 46% on wide-open threes for the season. So, so again... Um, you know, there, there's some hope there that once, once, uh, you know, he, he'll eventually uh, his shot will kind of go back to the norm uh, for him. And, and right now, he isn't a shooting slump from outside specifically. Uh, but, but one thing we do see though is that teams aren't letting him get wide open threes. So yes, he's shooting well from there, 46% for the year, but only 52% of his attempts have been wide open threes. So teams are really trying to um, take away that wide open three for him. Whereas we look at someone like Keldon Johnson, 70% of his shots come from the wide open three. Whereas Derek, it's only 52%. So teams really make a choice of leaving Keldon open, but but really staying close to Derek and not letting him uh, get open and then um, just you know just some more data that kind of shows why he's uh, you know how he's struggling um, when we look at points per possession how many how many um, points per possession does a player score he's scoring one point I mean 0.162 points per possession which compared to his teammates is second to last only to Kata Bates job so so this is basically saying while he's on the floor he's uh, he's just basically not not adding a lot to the, to the offense and, and, and to, especially to the scoring column Um How's he doing on his drives? Because we know that he's one of the top. Uh, he's actually second on the team in drives behind only Dejounte Murray. He and Keldon are actually tied. Uh, Derek and and and, and Keldon. And so f- when when he drives the ball against the defense, forty seven percent of the time he is passing the ball out. 
38 percent of the time he takes a shot and only 5.6 percent um, of the time is when he, is, is him getting to the line so basically those are his two options right now is either take is, is either pass first and then take a shot second because he's not he's just not getting to the line uh which is weird because he used to get you know he used to be pretty decent at getting to the line of field um you know back when he was um healthy in his last few seasons here but that's just not not been the case right now uh, and then, um, you know, just uh, just some, some more stuff that just shows that, you know, he's really struggling right now. Uh, you know, using Profit X's model, what they do is they, they basically look at a player currently and then they kind of project where he's going to be in the future. So right now, yes, while he's struggling on offense, Profit X does still see Derek playing as a starter. The kind of production he's bringing to the Spurs is that of a starter for now. Um, but he is underperforming his contract, according to their analysis. Um, you know, he, he does make fi- $15.6 million, uh this season, but they say that he's playing like a, a, a player earning eleven. million. Point five million. So again, that's according to ProfitX. Uh, they do see um, that struggle there from uh, from from Derek White. So again, that's something interesting to watch. And I do want to note for Profit ProfitX, uh, ProfitX is a dynamic financial and performance index powered by artificial intelligence with front office optics displaying 17 visual and time series models for 480 plus NBA athletes. The Athletex models historical di- dynamic and future performance data to monitor and project insights on contracts, performance, injuries, team fit, development and potential you, know, you can follow them on twitter at profit x ai and also on instagram so again that's something uh, that and, and and the reason why i bring up that profit x numbers uh is because you know when I, when I looked at pretty much all the players who are getting um you know minutes for san antonio the core players here and um you know uh a lot of them are um you know overperforming their contracts a lot of the players on the team right now um so so that's why if, when you see derek's probably probably one of the one of the only players who who is underperforming his contract uh here at the moment and then um you know what is cleaning the glass say cleaning the glass says that the spurs are scoring um um minus 13.8 uh, points per 100 with him on the floor so so even even the numbers show there and you know that's a that's a pretty big drop off when we look at the other starters in, in the lineup. Um, you know the team is a is a positive when Dejounte's on the floor. They're a minus six with Keldon. Um, they're they're a positive with Doug McDermott. They're a positive with Pirtle, and then they're barely a minus with Eubanks. So we do see out of the starters, aside from Keldon Johnson, Derek's the other one, the other player on offense who who the team really struggles when he's out on the floor right now. Now the reason why I think Coach Pop hasn't made a, a lineup change uh, with Derek is because, while he goes to these struggles on offense is because of his defense. I mean this is the reason why I, I just don't think that as long as they're they're kind of showing to be a top 10 to you know league average defense pop doesn't want to change that and he likes having Derek out there and so we see this in, in a lot of the different uh, metrics and data um, the Spurs are giving up um, uh, plus 1.9 points per 100 with, with Derek on the floor which yes that sounds bad because it's a positive but actually that's the second best number in terms of starters behind only DeJounte so all the starters giving up more points when they're on the floor on defense but Derek's the second lowest number compared to just DeJounte so again so again um, he's, he's showing basically to be one of, one of, the, one of the, the, the one of the, the, the better starters out there on defense defense uh we see that when compared to his teammates he really pops out in different areas like a defensive field goal percentage he's one of the better players on the team in that area contested shots he basically contests shots at the rate of like a big compared to for being a guard um and then also blocks you know among his teammates he's one of the top players there and then you know he doesn't have any weaknesses in terms of looking at different elements of data on 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 the um on the team compared to his teammates he's kind of like average in different areas so deflections he's kind of average there with his teammates um steals fouls defensive rebounds there's no like there's no there's no um, metric specifically that kind of shows that he's like a negative compared to his teammates when we just look at those those specific Spurs players. Uh, and then, you know, the question that I got on Twitter was, you know, should he go to the bench and, and you know, what should happen if, if Pop should do that? So for now, I don't think Pop would do that because, um, you know, 
for, for now, I think that again, like I think the, the defense is his defense is keeping him on the floor right now, keeping him in the starting lineup. I think Pop likes having um, a very um, switchable one two rotation in terms of, um, you know, Derek picks up somebody and then if not, DeJounte picks up that player if a screen comes by. And so I just think Pop likes having that flexibility. And like I said, the numbers show that he should still stay on the floor for his defense. Um, and then also maybe Pop wants to see a larger sample size because when we look back, this group of um, you know of, of Derek in the starting lineup along with everyone else and Jakob Pertl when he was healthy, they all um, you know were, were showing they only got seven games together. It was a very small sample size before Pertl had to, had to go out with his health and safety protocols. And so with Jakob on the floor, according to Cleaning the Glass and, and this whole starting five, they were a plus zero point one points per one hundred. Now it is obviously showing um, that they're struggling with Drew Eubanks as the center. They're they're a minus nine point nine points per one hundred. But again, Pertl's eventually going to come back. We just don't know when. So I I do wonder if Pop doesn't want to change anyone out of the starting lineup until he sees more data, maybe 15, 20 games of sample size with Pirtle and that whole starting group. If he likes, if he wants to see uh, what they look like, and if if there's, and then if they're still struggling and they start showing some minuses, well, then maybe he starts looking at, at making a, a lineup change. Now, if Pop were to make a, a um a, a a a starting lineup change with Derek taking him out of the starting lineup, you know who, who would probably be the most logical choice. I think that would that would probably be Devin Vassell, uh, and um and so what do we see with Devin so far? According to cleaning the glass, when you just plug in Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Doug McDermott. The Spurs, it's a small sample size. The Spurs have only played 36 possessions with those four players, but they, the numbers show a very good lineup here. They're a plus 18.4 points per 100 uh, with those four players on the floor. Now, some things to, to note is that, um, you know, it's really all data with Thaddeus Young. When they when those four players play alongside Thad Young at the five, that's where that those, a lot of those numbers, the, the positives come out. They, um, they, they don't look so good. They're a minus when a, it's Drew Eubanks at the center with those four players. And then one thing we do note is that none of these players and these four, and th- these four players have not played with per in any lineup so far this season according to cleaning the glass so again I, I think that if pop were to pull Derek from the starting lineup it would probably be um uh, Devin Vassell who, who, who gets inser- inserted into there and so oh and, and so what would that mean um so some of the impacts on the offensive end this would put a lot more pressure on DeJounte Murray and Kelton Johnson because like I said they're the two top uh, aside from uh Derek, DeJounte, and Kelton are the, the top three players in drives so far to start the year. And so that would, that would basically take out one of your top three drivers uh, of, of moving the ball and, 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 and getting into the teeth of the defense. And so that would be a lot of pressure on Murray and Kelton. I think Murray can handle it, but Kelton, that would be even more pressure on him considering that he mainly, when we look at his data, he mainly only shoots the ball whenever he goes into the lane. He doesn't really pass as much as Derek can or DeJounte can. So, that, so that's one concerning part. Um, but obviously we know that you know Devin would bring the team um, a more accurate shooter from the outside. Uh, and, but he, his playmaking too has kind of increased a little bit. But again, he's not he's not driving to the level that Derek Dejounte and Keldon do, or even somebody like Alani Walker does. And then as far as defensively, um, you know, their numbers are very close. We look at it, like I said earlier, um, defensive field goal percentage, contested shots, um, blocks, uh, uh, deflection steals, all those kind of numbers. Devin's numbers are, aren't too too far off Derek's. And the only areas that, that where Derek is, is like really, um, you know, uh, outshines Devin is in the fouls, so he doesn't foul as much as Devin does. And then the contested shots, Devin's like, I think, at six contested shots per 36 minutes. But maybe that could also just because of the increase in minutes. Maybe if Devin starts getting more minutes, maybe then, yeah, maybe he can get his, his contested shots, shots rate up um, even higher so again it's something to watch uh, I, again like my opinion right now uh, is that I don't think pop will make any changes until he sees uh, more more um, you know more sample size with Pirtle back so I think we'll have to wait and again like I said yes Derek's struggling but they're, they're still two and two in these last four games it's not like you know and, and they could have basically gone gone three and one had they held that um, that OKC game so so while he's even struggling they're still getting wins uh, and, and and you know and they're not they're not you know obviously that Mavs that Mavs game does look good but um, they were they, they're not too 
too, too far off. And so, um, you know, who knows? Maybe he does make a change. Uh, for now, my opinion is, though, that he will uh, keep Derek in the starting lineup and kind of they're going to try to see if Derek can kind of get through these struggles on offense. Because like I said, pretty much all these struggles are coming on the offensive end. I do want to see if, 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 if White becomes more aggressive in attacking the rim. And then, um, and then if the team can maybe get him some more wide open three point shots, but if he continues to take those floaters, that's going to be a, a problem for him. Cause that's just a shot that's not there. And it's just not a good shot that any player should be taking. So again, we'll kind of see what happens with Derek and the starting lineup and whether or not the team um, makes some changes there. Don't forget to visit projectspurs.com. Uh, we have Stephen, uh, Stephen Michael providing his analysis after every game with his going for three series. Um, Michael DeLeon is now doing a weekly show called the Spurs Open Mike. So you can you can check that out. Uh, he posted on Project Spurs as well. Uh, Rocky Garza Jr. is getting ready for every every um, every week by, by um, previewing the upcoming games about, uh, early on in the week. Uh, that's Rocky Garza Jr.'s um, uh, written piece. And then um, and then Benjamin Bornstein, of course, is getting ready for the draft uh, later on uh, after, after the season ends uh, with his latest um, uh, analysis is called smells like prospect spirit for college teams with supreme draft talent thanks to michael de leon for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.